0: this is yet another edition of pbe daily early mornings and late night podcast good day my name is point Blanky Vumbi. thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode and to be a part of this episode that i've put together because i have wanted to not touch this topic but the more i see things happening globally i just feel it's important for me to actually come into this but before we get into that that Work is going perfectly as far as the execution of commercial work because this is the funny thing about the later parts of the year. I get a lot of commissions to do uh, ad storyboards and if not ad storyboards, potentially do art commissions for album covers and stuff like that or m- the books that I'm supposed to be creating. And so it's, it's since it's a we're at peak speed of that which needs to be created or that which needs to be invested in, uh, I am trying my, my level best to stay level-headed and not push myself to the extent of being fatigued yet again because I can't afford to be fatigued at the moment but all I can tell you is this, everything is going perfectly and it's swimmingly. However I did get the chance to see a certain video clip, There's a, it's a friend of mine who actually keeps me appraised as far as the different clips that are coming out of the United States and being a person who spends as a great deal of time online. I transmit it's possible to not do it during the eight hours I'm in the office. So whenever I get home I just put my phone down and turn the Wi-Fi on. I literally just keep on rambling the numbers and just keep on rambling the numbers to ramp it up so that we can know to what extent people have been making crazy videos come to life. And the there's two things i watched recently that are informing are informing this episode and one thing was uh a hbo documentary that was revisiting the economic crash of 2008 so it was done in 2018 so a decade after the economic crash and the the lessons learned and the the key players in that economic crash and how that plays out and the leaders who were actually involved from president president uh uh George W. Bush to President Obama to whoever the the head of the treasuries were at that time and uh, the 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 secretary of uh, of the Fed and all that stuff and I also saw another clip which was a clip showing uh, the current president of the United States Donald Trump at uh, a baseball game and it was him being mocked by the lyrics of the uh, of the baseball, uh, like one of those baseball songs. It's like, it's like whenever you, th- you hear that song, you know full and well, good and hell well that they're talking about baseball. And when I think about that, I looked at the look he had on his face, and the first thought that came to mind is like, oh, America learned nothing from the correspondence dinner. Because when you show a person that you clearly do not like who they are, you've put a battery on their back and you're making him stronger as they go. And I'm finding it's kind of sad because I was saying this to a friend of mine that as much as we are not I am not involved in the American election I am not involved in the American uh, political movement I do give a damn about the American political movement because the United States being the powerhouse that it is its foreign policy affects business for a person like me in the comfort of my country Kenya and that's how I qualify that statement I know for a fact that when it comes to how economies work in this world of ours there is something to be said about how certain countries want to be perceived or how certain countries are perceived. And to be completely honest, I always have my my eye cocked to the side when I'm looking at the United States because I'm curious, okay, what are they thinking when they do this? Whenever a decision is made in the United States Senate, which we, we, we always come across these particular pieces of footage because I'll tell you this, I know more about the United States as far as its political movement and the political pundits and all this than I know about the Kenyan political pundits. So lately I've been trying to find, um, say, PDFs or, or articles that are speaking on... Um, uh, whatever policies have been made in Parliament, or like, if, if it's possible to come across like annual reports from Parliament, I, I could just get those and I read those, so I could you know, be appraised of what's happening in the, in the Kenyan Parliament and to what extent that is actually working. And I was told this by a friend of mine. Like one thing we actually have to keep in mind before I dive dive back into this topic that I, I have for today, they there is a need to strengthen the Kenyan economy right now be, uh, from industry. But from industry, I mean this. A lot of companies that would like to ship in materials to make it possible for them to do their business, to ship in equipment to make for make, to make it possible for them to do their business, are complaining to the government that because of the tax laws that they have as far as the taxes for, for uh, material being brought in and, and shipping and all that, those taxes are being so aggressive to the businesses that it's not even able for small businesses in the country to be able to make trades or to be able to compete on a proper level or even a fighting chance in the the global economy. And until that tax law is changed or even the tax uh, uh, policies are changed, we are going to continue suffering as far as the economy is concerned. So now it's in the best interest of the people in, in power to change how tax laws are. Hopefully by 2020, we'll have a different change in how taxes are put together in the in the country so that we're able to make more and even compete more because like for example when i'm whenever i'm trying to buy a piece of equipment say the microphone that i'm actually recording this on when i saw it online the price tag was around seven eight thousand shillings but when it came to Tax plus holding fee when it came into the country, I paid close to 15 to 16,000 shillings for it. That's like double the price of what I actually wanted to pay for this thing. But it was the only way I could actually get things to come here. Now, think about that in the stakes when it comes to a person who's trying to sell to get something worth a million shillings, ending up to pay close to 2.5 million shillings just to get the thing here. And whoever the middlemen in between are trying to compete with that, and how many people are getting their pockets lined because they're trying to make sure that that status quo is maintained. And now they have no idea how to come to steal in a different way because they haven't found a perfect way to adapt. Marinate on that. All I'm saying is 2020 may have a difference in the kind of taxes that they're going to charge on shipping in and shipping out of things. Away from that. When I look at the United States, I always think about it based upon the different children that have been born from particular different forms of power. Take for example there's always this um, almost messianic, like like messiah type mentality that people have towards President Kennedy and President Kennedy with all the flaws that he had he had a fighting chance because of the kind of moves that were made during uh, the economic uh, boom days before the economic crash of the 1930s because his pop was a member of the Senate, was a banker before he joined the Senate, and in the days of his banking days, when he was a banking investor and the stock market was was really booming at the time, what they don't tell you about the stock market and why I really don't really play in the stock market or anything, is the people who pump their cash into specific stocks. And those particular stocks get boosted up in the game and when those stocks get boosted up it ends up becoming this one big product that everybody would like to have their money involved in so all these all all of us little people put our money in that stock what we don't realize is the guys who bought the stock initially then pull their money out and take part of the money that you've put in and they feed their pockets first and as a result the economy ends up crashing and as, as vague as that is to explain the economic workings of the stock market it's always been the mentality I've had it's I lie to you about how much money is in one thing and then I'll I'll say that lie and hold that lie for as long as I can get you to put your money in this lie that I'm giving you so I could take pennies off the top and if I have at least a million of you guys I'll have a million shillings and if I have two million of you guys I have two million shillings it's just skimming off the top let's say you get, you put ten shillings into that stock and i take one so you have nine and then i lie to you that things are going your way by letting you have two more shillings to get put on your side then you say put all 12 back in then i take those two at the top again so now you get to 10 and you think that the economy is actually moving so i've always seen it as this uh, magic trick type thing where they lie to people about how great the things can get so that's how the the kennedy family got their money and when they got their money they wanted the next great best thing and when you get successful you want either power or leadership so or or both of them are the same thing because for the 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 Medici family it was if you have the pope in your pocket you're good if you can have your family become married to royalty you're good because it does just makes you aristocracy which leads back to the last episode which was the 1% but when I think about America and its, and its children, the, I'm thinking about two particular presidents. Now, remember, I talked about how I watched the stock exchange uh, documentary, speaking about how the stock market fell and the, uh, actually during the stock market, it was uh, the mortgage crisis that happened in the United States. I've never trusted mortgages. I'd rather own the land and build on the land, which is what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to build on the land that I was given. So. I'm extremely lucky that I was even in a position to be given land. So until I own a house, I still feel like I'm worth nothing. Now, when you look at now the Bush family, let's focus on George W. Bush. George W. Bush was considered one of the dumbest presidents that the United States had ever had. But I read an article after his presidency that said the one thing that made him end up looking as if he wasn't as sharp as he was, was the fact that he wasn't good at preparing. He's a guy who shoots from the hip, and he just jumps the gun, and he's so passionate that his passions will take the forefront. And when those passions take the forefront, he'll come off to most people as not the sharpest tool in the shed. And then, of course, there's also the stigma that comes with the fact that you come from this great family where your grandfather was in the Senate, and after your grandfather was in the Senate, your pop is a war hero with a medal to prove it, and he's one of the heads of the CIA when the CIA was being created, and he was the second. He was a vice president uh, in the '80s, and then he became. Became a president in the 80s and all that is also a heavy weight to be put on a son and especially if you're the firstborn son so of course you're going to rebel in order to get attention and it's subconscious you don't intend to do it and then you finally find peace in christianity and then christianity finds the peace and leadership and if it wasn't for you your father wouldn't have been elected in the first place and and thanks to you the movement to actually be able to get um, certain principles pushed into leadership you were the perfect conduit if not the perfect tool for them to use and get into power so when it comes to george w bush because he was not good at preparing for things he ended up looking to most people as the dumbest president and i'm not trying to make be passionate about who he is because his whole iraq war and what that iraq war did was not fair to a lot of people and also he's one of those presidents who in my lifetime i've always been curious okay what what do you want whenever he says he's going somewhere i get curious because i believe he of recent past is one of the few presidents to actually put more money into foreign aid for africa than anyone else and that aside I look at him as a person who's misunderstood and will slowly get slowly get to understand him as time goes by. Because whenever I see him do like interviews or conversations with guys there after his presidency, I, I get interested in, in him even more. And what will made it possible for him to stay in power so easily in for the first and second term was no one hates a president in a time of war. No one hates a leader in a time of war. This has been true since the greeks since the romans and it continues to be true even today and when you look at the situation of a person like him the world allowed him to be able to do so much simply because he is a of aristocracy and b he had the tenacity to try make himself get into a position of even fighting to be in power and he granted the world a moment i think that hasn't been seen since the second president of the united states if i'm not mistaken and that is a father son moment in power I, w- I saw the footage of um the inauguration of george w bush and that mo- that light moment where his pup is standing right behind uh the the the, the seat of the president elect and when they're standing there and after and he says the the swearing in of office and then they, he turns back and his pop leaves the position he was standing and then he came and shook his hand and it was it, it was a light moment but I'd like to give a moment like that to my pop because there's there's something about when you have your mum and dad to see you become something and you even surpass that which they were or even get into the level of which they are and stuff like that I mean for me it would probably be if I ever get a phd for what I do <laughs> Though I'm not really curious or keen to get back into the the academic world and learning and all that. But I know that learning has always been something that has been a hindrance to whatever success I would have in the status quo of what the world is. But I think everyone's path is different. But hopefully there will be something I'll do with myself that actually will lead to my pop having that kind of light moment of success and all that. Now, and that bush, and that's how we can describe bush. But let me describe hold your breath let me describe trump trump's situation is he's also the son of a person who tried his best to become a member of the first the one percent when it came time to build the state of new york and making a lot of money i mean there's the guys who are the demons of the 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 whole idea of making infrastructure like if you get the chance research a dude called robert moses that guy he's the true definition of Kingpin I mean I believe there was a YouTube clip that was made where they're trying to describe Kingpin in the Daredevil Netflix series and describe the first season and the character that uh, Wilson Fisk was trying to play in the first season of uh, Daredevil and I want you to go look at the guy called Robert Moses and see what potential similarities there may have been between these two characters away from that Trump's dad was one of the people who built the project. The places where my beautiful beloved hip-hop was actually born. His he, his work, money was made for making government projects. So you get a contract to get a government project, you're going to be good. He was a tenderpreneur, if you will. And as a tenderpreneur, you make all this money and then your kid is given the fighting chance and have a, a certain degree of, of success in, in being able to go to certain schools. He went to a military school because in, in many cases when it came to leadership, even in the days of Rome, the first thing is you have to have the ability to fight in order to join the Senate because if you didn't have your own potential small militia or a potential small army you couldn't really be of much value to the Senate because not only did you have to be wealthy and a landowner you also had to be able to lobby people on your land to become fighters for the state and you could have your own private army so in as, as time went by having the ability to fight was very important so structure is very important so military school for Trump even though he never fought in any war they say he dodged the draft but it's not that you not there because it's also claimed that George W. Bush was always put in a position of safety but we could also say the same for the son of uh, Abraham Lincoln, because Lincoln's wife did not want his son to die, sorry, their second son to die. So they put him in, in near the generals who were controlling things instead of putting him in the in the, in the front lines of any war. During the civil, uh, for Lincoln it was the Civil War, for Bush it was the Gulf War. Neither here nor there. So, in the case of Trump, he came from aristocracy. He he decided to, okay, let me follow my father's footsteps. He made the project. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make hotels. Again, it comes back to what I was saying about the 1%, where the first thing they think about is that we have to give people the high life. We have to make sure the people of the high life feel like they're taken care of and they only affiliate with you. And the wealthy class never really took people like him seriously because, oh man, you made government projects. I mean, as far back as the days of um, industry in the United States or the days of when sugarcane became the greatest hustle the guy who owns sugarcane farms and sugarcane plantations was like one of the richest people out there but he would mock the guy who was a multi-millionaire because he used to sell bird feed as manure so like oh you're in the shit business and because you're in the shit business i don't look keenly or kindly at you because as much as you're wealthy you make it from shit and i make it from from sugarcane yet you can't grow your sugarcane without the shit that i'm actually turning into fertilizer aristocracy is very very weird and Donald Trump has never had a sense of belonging. And because he's never had a sense of belonging, he overcompensates and he only speaks so brass and speaks so rough and ends up becoming this person like, oh, so you're not going to mess with me? I'm going to become more powerful as time goes by. So then. The whole world decides to give him this platform called The show called uh, The Apprentice and because we live in a world where everybody just consumes TV and everybody really takes reality seriously, most people would like an escape and the escape they got was this character who acts like a boss even if he's not really truly a boss because he's not really as successful as, a, as far as the boss mentality is concerned. And because of that, even rappers would say his name. There are songs that actually exist from even as far as even Nelly had a lyric about Trump describing him as what the high life could look like. and. Because people want to be affiliated with individuals of such uh, wealth, he ended up being seen by the, the young upstarts as the, the, the guy to beat. And then he decides one day, like, oh, what did it hurt to be in a position of power? Again, it goes back to the whole, the whole idea of uh, the 1%, where you want to be seen as powerful, so you decide to have your kids uh, either become leaders of principalities or become leaders of certain states or you want the pope to be the person who actually gets funding fr- funding from you and you get favors from the pope in trump's case he figured okay what's the next level just become head of state and he got to be head of state we may not like the terms and into which he actually became head of state but some of the of the the bars that he's put as far as um uh the certain uh, legal documentation which are standing in the way of making it possible for trades to happen in Africa so comfortably because I know some people in business right now are suffering because their cheques are held back because the company they were doing business with cannot really work because of the embargoes that exist thanks to a person like Trump making certain uh, legalities come to life and if he just softened his his resolve in those particular regards the rest of us would be able to make money. But I say all that to say this. These two individuals I've just spoken about, Donald J. Trump and George W. Bush, they are both sons of aristocracy. They are both sons of the American dream. And because they're sons of the American dream, we look at them different based upon the perceptions that they are getting at a certain time. I firmly believe, heaven forbid it comes to that knock on wood, if a person like Trump gets a war, the turnaround that will happen as far as people now lobbying behind him will be greater than we give it credit. Heaven forbid he causes a war, because I believe they were trying to hint at a war with Iran. I don't think it's gonna be a war, because if there's a war with Iran, we're right in the middle of it, as far as the continent of Africa. And the last thing we need is bombs flying over our heads, because we may radically discover if we truly were given independence, or if we truly have independence. Because it's an open secret that Actually, it's a poorly kept secret that francophone countries are still another thumb of France British countries are part of a common the wealth I believe is common to the British Parliament I question power because I don't trust it and I don't trust it so much so that I will always try as much as possible to be in, pro- in proximity of information of it so that I know how to protect myself and those I love selfishly I do that Marinate on that. Really look at those two sons of the United States. Look at the American dream and think about what we've been told is the American dream and then look at the people they put in positions of leadership. Say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode and for constantly supporting and encouraging me to do even more. And until next time, UNO.